Welcome back to Unsolved South. How are y'all doing this week? I'm your host, I Michelle. I bet they're doing better than me. <laughs> <laughs> and this is our lovely co-host, Maddie. Hello. Our stories this week are going to come from Florida. And um, they are also connected in that some of these folks could very well be alive and just living on the streets or um, have just started new lives. So they're mm -hmm. connected in both those ways. But just living their best lives. Just living their best lives. So um, do you have something you want to talk about or do you want to just get started and talk at the um, end? Well, I do want to apologize for us uh, posting this episode late. Uh, the internet guy, at the time of this recording, he's coming tomorrow. But by the time y'all hear this, y'all, he would have already came. But he's coming tomorrow to turn on our internet. So that is the delay. And I'm sorry about it. But you know what? It's better that we post it late than we skip it again. True that. I'm sure y'all will be fine. <laughs> Maddie finally got into her new house. Oh, yeah, I am in my new house. I'm so excited about it. I am excited, too. Listen, yeah. if y'all hear my dogs going ham, I have two dogs that are not loving each other. My son's dog and my dog, they do not like each other. And my son's dog keeps letting himself out of the pen. His pen is inside the fenced-in backyard, which he also lets himself out of. And then he lets himself into the front yard, which is also fenced. And then he comes up to the front door and fights with my other dog through the door. That is fantastic. Yeah, Love it's on my last nerve. But I hear him out there just like going ham at the door. But they're like digging up. Like at the floor, <laughs> growling yeah. and barking, and it's like I'm I'm really so done with y'all. My thing is that uh, he had got in, he had come in the other day, and uh -oh. they got into a fight. And then um, I wasn't home, but apparently, Dandy, my dog, had beat his ass, and uh, and then he oh, was really? like, yeah. And then Billy had got Dandy and took him back um in the house because they fought inside and outside. <laughs> <laughs> they just fought everywhere and uh dex didn't want no part of it he was like oh no i am too old for this mess <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> so he wandered <laughs> off and uh anyway so billy got dandy off of norman and then norman just ran and put himself back up and so i was hoping <laughs> that was going to be the end of it neither one of them were hurt yeah he just pinned him down and squeaking but uh i was hoping that was gonna be the end of it but i guess he don't learn because he's right back anyway yeah that dog is weird because he he acts like he's you know tough and big bad but the other day um well we're strangers to this dog because y'all got it after i moved out right so, me and Noah were over, like, putting the car seats in the car, and uh, he was out of the fence, and I texted you, and I was like, oh, he's out. Uh, somebody come get him. Um, but he went underneath the house to bark and growl at us from underneath the house because he was scared of us. Right. He's just a scaredy cat. He's the sweetest dog. Like, he just wants to love on everybody. He don't sound sweet. But... And I wouldn't test him. But he... 
I don't know. I don't know why he tries with Dandy. It's so annoying. I wish they acted yeah. right because, you know, I would like them to get along so they could go play together, but they don't. Anyway. No. I don't know. They got beef. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but yeah, that's his other new thing is he keeps getting under the house and then he'll come like, um, and I don't know how he knows. I guess he can smell it, but he comes like right under where Dandy's food bowl is. Yeah. Under the house. And then he'll bark. And then Dandy will be like barking at the floor. And it's like, it's absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. And, and there's not like, you know, you can yell, but otherwise, I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> but I've done yeah. raise cane with my son about it. And, uh, it, but he is having a hard time. He can't seem to keep him in. And they literally had to fence the roof of the pen and the floor of the pen and the sides. At one point, he just opened the gate like it had a latch and he just unlatched it. And then Zane Jeez. went in and put a screwdriver through it. And then he just removed the screwdriver and unlatched it. <laughs> and I'm like, I mean, they want to get mad. I'm like, it's not his fault he's smarter than y'all. Yeah. I mean, do some research or something. But we put up an electric fence around the backyard to try to keep him in. And, um... Yeah, he acts like he can't feel it. And then he had me think like he told me, like, I guess he's smarter than me, too. Because he was, like, with his whole face on the electric fence. And he was like, it wasn't bothering him at all. Hmm. And so I'm like, oh, shit, the fence ain't on. And I reached across. And when I did, it popped me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. My whole arm was like jello. I was like, ow. How are you with your face on it? <laughs> like it's an electric fence like for dogs and cows. Yeah. It should be popping. But no, he's... Well, it's not. You'll have to shave his belly or something. That's why I said um, he might need shaved. But, but this was his face and he's got really short hair on his face. So I was pretty confused. But it was definitely working because yeah. it, uh, it had set my arm to jello. I reached across that thing because, you know, it, it does like pop and then it waits like two seconds and pops again. It's like a yeah. pulse. Thank goodness because I don't know if I could have got my arm back off. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and it made that pop noise too, which scared you. <laughs> I snatched my arm off that thing so fast. Took me back to my childhood when me and my brother Adam used to lie to each other about the electric fence being unplugged. Yo, it's unplugged. Touch mean. it. <laughs> so anyway, all right. Well, enough of that. I just wanted to explain that uh, nobody was getting murdered or anything. If y'all hear my dogs going crazy in the <laughs> <Okay>. background, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, so. Let's go ahead and hear about these uh, people who want to live their lives. All right. So Joshua Brian Smith, who is known as Josh to his family and friends, was last seen in Point Vedra, Florida. Vedra. Where's that yeah. at? Um, it's on the beach. So oh. I'm not sure. My guess would be the um, 
the Gulf side because I've not ever heard of it. And of course, I don't know, Billy. You know how you share memories on Facebook. Billy shared a yeah. memory of us at this beach, and I would have been like, absolutely, have never been to that beach. I've never heard of it. <laughs> and he's wearing a hat, like a like a straw hat that says the name of the beach on it. And I'm like, I, I I have no memory of that hat. I have no memory of that beach. Where is the hat? And he's like, I don't know. So. Does he remember the beach? Yeah, he remembered going, but I was like. Maybe it's one of them uh, Matrix things or. I don't know. I don't know, because if you'd have asked me, I'd have swore, and I could have passed a lie detector test. I've never been to that beach in my life. I've never heard <laughs> of it. And But there was pictures of me and him on the beach, and he's wearing a hat with the name of the beach that we tagged. Or he tagged. I don't know. I was like, uh, that's wild, because I... I <laughs> I'd have bet money. So anyway, that doesn't really mean anything that I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, he was last seen on November 4th, the year 2000. Gotcha. Josh is a white male, 5'10", 140 to 150 pounds. He has brown, brown eyes and curly brown hair. He was last mm -hmm. seen with a full beard. Okay. He was wearing baggy brown swim trunks, a dark colored t-shirt, and white Tommy Hilfiger tennis shoes. And those okay. shoes were later accounted for. We'll talk about that in a sec. Gotcha. The day he was last seen was actually his 23rd birthday. Oh. And the timeline on how he spent his day varies a little source by source, but um, in no particular order. At some point, he attended a movie, and then he had a late lunch, and um, or maybe before the movie, I don't honestly know. He worked out with his dad at some point, or he went jogging down the beach with his dad. Both were in different sources, so. Which I guess, well, okay, I mean, I jogging guess is jogging working is out, working but out. it said that they worked out at a beach club. Well, maybe they started and maybe. then they finished with cardio. Right. Or, or started with cardio. And In any case, he worked out with his dad, went for a jog on the beach, went to a movie, and had lunch. So his birthday okay. seems like it's going pretty good, right? Um, right. Him and the father had worked out or jogged at the Lodge Restaurant and Beach Club. Which was like a private club, but his family was members. The lodge was located on Point Vedra Beach. Okay. Josh also worked at a restaurant named Lulu's, and that was located on Roscoe Road. He was scheduled to work a shift there from 5.30 to um, 11 p.m. And he did show up. He did start working his shift. His younger brother okay. drops in, he um, visits with him, he gives him $60 as a birthday gift, and then he leaves. So, as far as anybody knows, he's at work, right? Right. His family expects him to be home about 30 minutes or so after the end of his shift. 
And when he doesn't show up, they start to get worried. His mom, Vicky, and his dad, Ed, went in search of him. And so they're driving every route that he might have taken home from the restaurant. And then they start looking everywhere that they can think of that he might have gone. And they're mm -hmm. having no luck at all. So about 5 a.m., Vicky goes back home to contact the police. And Ed continues to drive around searching. The police get called and they agree it's weird. And so they start looking, they start calling people. They call some of Josh's coworkers and, you know, they're yeah. like, did he work? You know, what happened? And so these coworkers start talking about, well, Josh had gotten into an argument that night with the manager of Lulu's. And okay. we don't know what the argument was about, but it was apparently pretty heated. And then Josh walked out about 7.30 that night. Okay. So he was actually missing for much longer than anybody realized because his family didn't realize anything was wrong till about 11.30 or so. But he was actually gone at 7.30. Meanwhile, Ed is searching and his search pays off because... He finds Josh's green 1994 Ford Ranger parked at the lodge. Inside the truck were his wallet and some cash. The truck was locked and the keys were gone. The $60 that the brother gave him? It didn't specify. So it, it may have actually been more cash also. But um, but there was cash in the truck, and his wallet was in the truck. The truck was locked. The keys were gone. There were no signs of foul play, um, no signs of a struggle. Nothing was really out of place. They found out that Josh had actually been seen walking through the lobby of the lodge at about 8.30. And this was the last time that anyone would reportedly see him. Um, when they found out that he had walked through the lobby of the lodge, they went out to the beach and they started looking around and they found his tennis shoes. They were at the high water mark on the beach and they were about 20 foot from the club itself. Police brought that out... sounds like he took off his shoes to go walk the beach or to swim. Right. And police brought out a full search team. They had vehicles to ride up and down the beach. They had helicopters out. They brought search dogs. And the dogs did track him, track his scent from his shoes about half a mile down the beach. And then they lost the scent. Okay. Police told the family that if he had gone into the water and drowned, some evidence definitely would wash up on the beach, but it never did. What kind of evidence? Um, my assumption is that they mean like he would wash back up um, some part of him. I mean, not necessarily if he got eaten by a shark after. Well, or... I'm not familiar with Sorry. this beach. And so I know that certain places have inlets or whatever where, you know, like trash will collect. And it's just, yeah. you know, that the tide naturally goes there and deposits stuff. And that could be the case. 
but um, I, I'm just not familiar enough with this beach to know why they felt so strongly that... Um, were there any rip currents in the uh, area? Not that were reported. Okay. In any of the sources. Gotcha. His parents felt strongly that may, he may have had a mental health issue and may have just walked away. So let's go back a couple of years. Josh was enrolled in Flagler College in St. Augustine and mm -hmm. he was playing soccer. He was living in the dorms, um, decent grades. Things were going well. That next year, he moved off campus into an apartment and he decided to change his major. He was hoping to get into coaching. Okay. Okay. The following year, which would have been his third year, was the year 2000, the year he disappeared. In spring of that year, he got very stressed with school. He was having a super difficult time and he wound up leaving college and he moved back in with his parents. And according to Vicki, his mom, Josh had a mental breakdown at some point. Just one night, he just kind of snapped and he was saying words that didn't make any sense and he couldn't really form a coherent sentence. And so, um, I think it was like a disassociative um, episode. Gotcha. And um, based more like a stroke to me. No, it was a mental health issue. They he had gotten into treatment, and um, okay. then things had gotten much better for him. He had plans for the future. He was even considering going into law enforcement. Okay. But his parents believed that he may have had another mental health episode and maybe he just walked off. So they actually left his truck parked in that same spot for months, hoping that he would come back for it because his keys were missing. They thought he had his keys. So, you know, maybe he would just come back and then get his truck and go back home. They spent yeah. every free moment they had handing out flyers and visiting homeless shelters. And every year since then, on Josh's birthday, Vicki goes to the very spot on the beach where her shoes were found. And she sits mm -hmm. and watches the water. And then she leaves behind a letter, some flowers, and balloons, just in case. Oh, my heart. So... What do you think? Did Josh have an episode? That was sad. I know that that was touching. It was like, could you imagine? Oh man, I don't want to imagine. And then his birthday is is a state. You know, like I think probably normally when somebody dies or I assume disappears, their birthday is kind of you know sad. But this has mm -hmm. got to be like a double punch because it's also the day he disappeared. Yeah. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It really is. I don't is. know. I think that, I don't know. Like, part of me thinks that he, uh, he went in the water and probably got eaten by a shark. And that is, you know, a decent possibility. I do think that, you know, just birthdays on their own are sometimes a little stressful. 
Um, yeah. You know, you start looking at what you've done with your life and everything, especially with him having the issues where he had dropped out of school that same year. And he was three years in. You know, he's in his third year. So, you know, I, I can see where that itself might be a little stressful. And then to throw in the fight with his boss on top of it, it may have been enough stress to make him snap. But would he have walked away from his family, his whole life? I mean, it I guess if he like snapped, he probably really wouldn't really cared and they, they had a really good relationship. So, right. I don't know. I think that if he did snap, he would come to eventually and go back. But it's been 23 years since then, so. Right. No, he, I don't, I don't <laughs> think that he just walked away. So, another thing would be that he took off his shoes and was going to either walk or jog down the beach. Um, he left them right in front of the club, which says to me, that he was back. coming back for them. And, you know, that was kind of marking the spot because that's where he was parked. Yeah. And so I, I believe that it is possible also that he walked down the beach and may have met with foul play. Yeah. At some point down the beach. Or what if he walked down the beach and then he saw something in the water or like you said he decided to just get in the water you know maybe it was hot maybe just decided to swim he yeah. could have been attacked by a shark he could have been caught in a current you know any number of things could have happened right so but I, I believe his parents are right. I think it's at all possible that he is living on the street somewhere. I think it is wishful thinking to think that. You think that? I'm not, I don't think that. No, I meant you think it's wishful thinking. Yeah, I think it's wishful thinking. It could be. I, I certainly don't think whatever happened was suicide. Right. No, I don't I believe that, that because I think he would have left a note. He seems like um, he cared about his family and he would not have wanted them to always wonder. Also, yeah, the and he took his keys, he left his money, he left his shoes, he left his truck. Right, and his keys weren't in his shoes. Right. So that seems like, like, why would you take your keys with you if you were going to? And because his shoes were at the high watermark, mm -hmm. that says to me that he didn't want his shoes to get swept away. Right. And if you're in a um, mental state where you are going to do something to yourself, do you take the time to think about, let me take off my shoes? Though? No, let me grab my keys. No, none of that. Right. And he was wearing swim trunks. Yeah. So I think he it. Going to work in swim trunks? No, he was wearing swim trunks when he went through the lobby, though. Gotcha. Okay, so he changed. Yeah. There you go. He also changed. So that's another, another reason. Uh. I was gonna say, if you live at the beach, you probably carry your swim trunks with you. I guess yeah. you'll have to decide that. 
Oh, I definitely will be packing everybody's spare clothes in the car. <laughs> I already made that mistake once. So there you go. Yeah. All right. So the next case is a two for one with a set of Estes that went missing. Oh. Mark Anthony Dengner, Degner. Listen, y'all remember when I would try so hard and I would look up the uh, pronunciations of all these words <laughs> and I would still get them wrong. Y'all remember that? <laughs> yeah. Now it's like I just gave up. I'm pretty sure it's Degner. Mark Anthony Degner and Brian Andrew Hayes were best friends who attended special education classes at Paxson Middle School in Jacksonville, Florida. Middle school? Middle school. So these are young folks. They are. Mark is a 12-year-old white male. He's 5'1", 100 to 120 pounds. He has brown hair, hazel eyes. He has a pierced ear, but he was not wearing an earring at the time of his disappearance. He was wearing a gray zippered hoodie and a pair of khaki pants. Brian is also a white male. He's 13 years old. He was 5'3 and 150 pounds. Brian has red hair and blue eyes, and they said that he has freckles and his face turns red in the sun, which I think is pretty common with redheads. <laughs> um, yeah. He has a surgical scar that runs from the front to the back on his left side of his torso. And at the time, oh, what's that surgery from? Um, it wasn't named, but my assumption was the um, appendix. Gotcha. But, I mean, I don't honestly know. I just made that up. <laughs> At the time of his disappearance, he had a broken thumb, and he was wearing a blue cast that covered his wrist and his thumb. Both boys are developmentally delayed, being three to five years younger than their chronological ages. Uh -huh. Both were diagnosed as bipolar and were on medication for that. And neither had their medication with them when they left. Okay. Brian is described as having frequent angry outbursts. And Mark is described as having nervous tics during which he shrugs and blinks rapidly. Okay. On February 10th of 2005, and I'm piecing this next part together based on the information that I've gathered, because um, there were like bits and pieces spread out over the different sources, but this is what I gather. And my guess is that Brian was the one that um, made the diversion, but I don't honestly know which one it was. They just said one of the boys. Okay. But I'm going to say Brian did it. Okay, so what I think happened was that Mark is in his class, and Brian had skipped his class. He came to Mark's classroom and created a, ver a diversion by arguing with Mark's teacher. Just randomly? 
Yes, during that diversion, Mark used the opportunity to leave class unnoticed. Yeah. And then Brian runs off. Now, like I said, I'm not sure that it was Brian that made the diversion, but um, he seems to be, mm, I don't want to say more the type, but I'm just going to say he was more the type. <laughs> I got you. To do that. And they you were know what best I mean? friends, right? Yeah, they're besties. Okay. Um, so then. Sorry if y'all hear my baby so, in the background. He is enjoying uh, playing with his ball. <laughs> so anyway, the boys run out of the school. Mm -hmm. And then Brian is seen getting into a car in front of the school, but it's unclear if Mark was with him because nobody saw Mark. So because Mark, I think, left before him, it is possible Mark got in the car and then they waited on Brian. Right. Brian. Okay, so here's the thing. There's no description of the car. There is no, you know, oh, it was a cab. There is no, you How know, do we there know was, it was a car then at all. Because witnesses said that they saw Brian get into a car. I mean, not with who, not a description of even the car, the not a color, Nothing. not anything that I saw. And I, I looked. Okay. Okay. The boys did not take anything with them. They did not take extra clothes. They did not take money. They did not take medication. They did not take any of their belongings. They did not even take their book bags that they had at school. Gotcha. Brian did not even have a jacket with him. What time of year was it? This February. Oh, so it's so really cold. It's Florida. So, I mean, at very least, it would have been chilly, right? Yeah. But if you're planning on running away, it does seem like you'd have a jacket. Overnight, Something. it's probably cold. Right. And, and that is what is a little weird to me because they did have a plan to run away together. Yeah. It, it seems premeditated, for sure. Yes, it was. And they they had already had a plan to run away together. And that plan involved a third boy who wound up changing his mind and not going with them. Because the day before they were last seen, they got busted trying to sneak away from the bus area after school let out for the day. So the three of them were going to run away. They're trying to sneak out at the bus area. They're trying to sneak off while people are, you know, loading in the confusion. They get busted with this. Yeah. So my guess is that that third boy got in trouble and his mama was probably like, no, you do not. And so then on this day, he did not participate. So did this third boy get questioned? They did question him, but he did not have any real information about where they had planned to go or what the plan was. Mm, so he but had, he remember, was like, snitches get stitches. He may have been, but also, remember, they didn't take anything. They didn't take a jacket. They didn't take money. They didn't take anything. So it is possible that their plan just wasn't that good. Yeah, true. 
Like, I remember when I was, like, um, five or six, and I wanted to run away. And then I, like, packed all my stuffed animals in my suitcase and ran away to my my grandmother's. Yeah. She lived in the same yard as us. <laughs> and, uh, but, like, I didn't take clothes or anything. Yeah. Now, mentally, right. So, mentally, they would have been, you know, eight or ten. Yeah. So... I, I don't know. Um, you know, maybe they just didn't, like, they had a plan for how to get away, but they didn't think what happens after we get away. You know what I mean? Right. And do so, we know I don't why know. they wanted to get away in the first place? Or was it just, like, something? No, we don't really know. Gotcha. Um, Brian had a history of running away. He usually stayed fairly close to home within a few miles, and um, he would come back in a day or two. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't anything new for him, but Mark did not have a history of running away. This was a first for him. Gotcha. Okay. So back to the day they disappeared. Here we are. Two students disappear from the school. This happens about 1.15 in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. So what does the school do? Not much. They apparently did not do much at all. At allegedly. all? Um, it's possible that they did not notice that these boys were gone. But they definitely did not inform anybody that anything had happened. So, the fact is that it was almost six hours later before anybody was even told that they had left the school. Oh, my God. Right. Mark doesn't come home from school and his mom gets concerned and she calls the cops and the cops start trying to track him down and then the school says oh well this may have happened it's kind of unclear on when the cops were told that brian was also missing because brian was living in the daniel group home at the time uh-huh and we know that his mom found out the following day when his caseworker called, but oh. we don't know when the people at the group home found out or when the police found out. Now, my assumption is when they called and said, hey, Mark didn't come home from school, when's the last time anybody saw him, that the school was like, oh, you know what? This happened. But... I think it's pretty wild that the school did not, like, immediately be like, hey, yeah. you know, at least call the parents and be like, hey, just so you know. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I don't know. That's Yeah, that's crazy. wild. So, both of these boys were pretty new to the school and they were unfamiliar with the area. Mark had recently moved from Indiana. And Brian was from Port Orange, Florida. Mm -hmm. So neither one of them was that familiar with the area. 
And police thought that it was at all possible. You know, obviously they ran off on their own, right? Yeah. But they thought it was pretty possible that the boys had run off and then gotten lost because they were unfamiliar with the area. Mm -hmm. And um, chances were that they were probably still pretty close and they would be found fairly quickly. And that did not pan out. So as time marches on, the police begin to think that maybe something happened to these kids. Maybe they did meet with foul play. And this led them to reclassify them as endangered instead of as runaways. But in some of the sources I saw, they were still listed as runaways. But listen, personally, I think anybody with a diminished capacity should not be just listed as a runaway. I think, and I could be wrong, but it's just how I feel. I think that people do not look for runaways as hard as they look for somebody that they think may have been kidnapped. Exactly. I think if, these are children. These are children. And why does it matter if they ran away? We should still be looking for them just as hard as we oh, want somebody I, I that got kidnapped. They are a, they are agree. a child. A child. I don't understand I the police's thing where you, they're like, oh, I, well, I, yeah, I, I, I just think they don't. Yeah, they're like, oh, we're not going to look for them because they're runaways, so we'll just list it as a runaway. No, still look for them. They're still a child. But these children in, in particular had, you know, mental issues, both the bipolar and the developmental issues right. that, in my opinion, made it more dangerous for them to be out on the streets. Yes, very much so. So I don't think, I think, you know, if anything, there should be some category of endangered runaway, maybe. I don't know. I just, but I do. I feel like um, we've seen that several times, I think, yeah. that somebody was listed as a runaway and they were like, meh. They're just out there living their best life, so we're just going to leave them be, you know? Yeah, we're not. And, no, they're still children, so we still need to look for right. them. Right. It doesn't matter if That's they're runaways. They, they're not allowed to run away. <laughs> you know, or at very least, you know, make contact and find out why they ran away. Yeah. Something. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know. I think the same thing about whenever somebody is said to be a drug addict. Yeah. Or a recovered drug addict, even. They don't look for him. I feel like they do not put as much effort or into looking for them. A prostitute. I feel like it's like, meh, that's just, you know, that's what happens sometimes when you the name of live the that lifestyle. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. And, and it does. It does, but that doesn't mean they don't deserve to be found or to have somebody looking. Right. They matter to somebody. I'm not even sure they need to matter. You know, I don't know that they need to have a family or friend to matter. It's literally your job as a police officer. 
to look for them. To find people that are missing. So what if you just did it and didn't even worry about what the background was? What if that? Maybe we need a new division. So, like, you know how there's, like, firefighters go and do fire and stuff, and then police officers do, like, a whole bunch of stuff? I think maybe, like, we should do, like, a division of crime stoppers, a division of missing persons, a division of murders. I don't know. Like, people, Can't we have that? No. I, well, maybe. I don't know. Like the law and order, like how they got special victims unit and all of that. Yeah, but I, I think feel like if you contact but the I, police, it's the same people that's, you know, doing traffic stops or looking, aren't they? Right. That's what I was going to say. I think that, that is like a um, governmental agency thing where they split it off. I don't think most like small town police forces can really afford to have all these different divisions. Mm. Then maybe we need to do it like, I don't know, county Like the GBI handles it or something. I don't know. Yeah. Make it like, a, like the surrounding uh, counties, like... I don't know, group up and then this this one division does for these four counties or something. Yeah. Because I was going to say countywide would be hard for some of them because some counties don't have uh, city police. Like Washington. Yeah. Uh, Wilkes County doesn't have city police anymore. So none of the cities in Wilkes County have their own police force. So the county, the sheriff's office handles everything that goes on in every city in the entire county. So they're probably stretched pretty thin. Yeah. I don't know. There, It just seems like it needs to be, like, reevaluated. I do not disagree with you. I, I think, at very least, I think the stigma that comes along with, oh, they're just a runaway yeah, that should not They're just a drug addict. They're just somebody with mental health issues. It's literally your I, job. You can't go to like McDonald's and they'd be like, oh, it's just a cheeseburger. Like, true. I but want I, that cheeseburger. I don't, just, I don't just believe that that's a, a police thing. Because I've said that before, that sometimes I hesitate to say somebody had a drug issue. Because I feel like it makes people not care as much that they're missing. Very much true. I think it's easy to write off somebody that has a drug issue or something. I think, especially if you've had somebody in your family that has an addiction, if you have written them off, I think it might be easier for you to just be like, I mean, they're just probably on a bender somewhere. Yeah. They'll show up or they won't, you know? And so... I, I think it's I think it's a stigma that is everywhere. I think we all kind of have it, mm -hmm. even if we don't want to admit it. But, you know, it is something that needs to be confronted. And I think, you know, maybe we all need to stop and think and go, you know, but their mama still wants to know where they are. Oh, yeah. Like, can you, you imagine know? being a mama that doesn't know where your kid is? Your kid no. just disappears one day? And you just don't have any answers. Yeah. Like, you just, like, they're there and then they're not. You know, like, the boy from the last story, literally his family spent time with him. He was there and then he was not. Yeah. And they have no idea. That would be 
terribly hard. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, in 2017, the police and the FBI raided the home of a man named Ron Hyde. They did arrest him for the 1994 murder of 16-year-old Fred, Fred Paul Lester. Hyde worked at Jack's Beach Sanctuary. And they said there was a connection made to Mark and Byron through this. Now, I looked it up because I thought it was actually the zoo in Jacksonville because they've got like a really nice zoo mm -hmm. in Jacksonville. And I thought that that's what it meant. But when I looked it up, from what I can gather, the Jack's Beach Sanctuary is actually a very beautiful neighborhood. Oh. And so I don't know what the connection that would have been made to the voice was. And maybe I'm wrong and there's something else like it's a wildlife sanctuary or something. But it definitely wasn't listed in the um, news article as that's, you know, as an animal thing. But I, I saw sanctuary and I think my mind just went there. Mm hmm. But it, it's a gorgeous neighborhood, though. Like, it looks like woo-woo. <laughs> In any case, the police decide that um, he doesn't have anything to do with Brian and Mark. And so they continue, and they did question him because they did think maybe for a minute. But they questioned him. He wound up, I believe, being convicted of the murder of the other little boy. But they decided he didn't have anything to do with these two disappearing. Now, some of their family members have said that they believe that the boys very much could still be alive. Mm -hmm. And they don't believe, though, that either of them would have the ability to reach out and not do it. So they think that the chances are that they're being held against their will. Mm. Now, at first thought, you're like, that doesn't. But every day there are stories of, of human trafficking. Yeah. And people escaping. There was that story up north where that guy was keeping those three girls locked in his house. Mm -hmm. And he was out living a normal life. There was a dude in South Carolina that kept a girl locked in a container, a shipping container. Yeah. Um, so I personally at first thought was like, eh, I don't know about that. But when I actually stopped and thought about it, I mean, it truly happens all the time that somebody is missing for years and then they get found alive and they've just been held captive all this time. Yeah. So, although I, I did dismiss that at first, I'm, I'm rethinking. I do think that that's a possibility. Um, some of the family members say that they think they haven't been found because when they disappeared, they were kids and now they're grown men. They would be in their 30s. 
And people change so much during those years that they may be living on the streets mm -hmm. and just not being recognized. Right. And, and that is also a possibility. Although, listen, I wonder if, if anybody would notice, because I wanted to say somebody would go, listen, these two boys are obviously a little slow. And then somebody would step up. But what if they didn't? I don't think that you would. And every town, I think, has, you know, that guy that rides a bike everywhere. Mm -hmm. You know, and you wave at him. But, you know, do you ever stop and go, where are you going on that bike? Huh? Yeah. You know, you got enough to eat. Where do you live? You mind your own business. You You don't think twice about him, you know? Right, it's just a dude that, you know, you walks everywhere, it. rides the bike everywhere, or whatever. I think every town in the world has that. Yeah. And I feel like there's a huge uptake on people. Um, I don't know if y'all have noticed this, but me and my friends were talking about it the other day. It feels to me like there's been a huge uptake on the number of people that are just like... In public, high as can be. Yeah. And high in a way, like, I'm not talking about people smoking pot, giggling. I'm talking about people like, okay, okay. I'm going to tell y'all a story real quick. I don't know what this dude was on. Let's pause that story because this story's going to go somewhere. But do you have theories on what happened to these boys? Um, I do we'll think that they it. ran away. And, you know, if you think about it, it probably is. Um, they could be, you know, held against their will. Sorry, that took me a minute to get out. Because <laughs> Sawyer was, like, jumping on me. <laughs> it took me a second because I was trying to think. But, yeah, I, I guess that does make sense. The most sense, actually. Why they never I mean, found. they didn't find any evidence. They didn't find um, any remains that they've been able to match. You know, I don't think, I mean, I know it's possible that in Florida they succumb to the elements, but I don't think that even in February. No. Unless it was just a random cold snap. I mean, maybe you a know, gator. I, I think they would have made it through. Maybe a gator. Yeah, but. I don't but, think the weather. Unless no, there was a hurricane. But, I mean, both of them, you don't think one of them would have gone like, oh, an alligator eat my friend, you know? Yeah. At some point, I think one of them would have got tired and gone home. Yeah. So, and who would have been in that car? I don't know. It could have been another kid from the group home or something, but where did he get a car? I don't know. Could it be like somebody... I don't know, maybe some, like, a kid that graduated from the group home? You know what I mean? Like, maybe. out? Maybe. I don't know. But it also could have been somebody that he ran across doing, you know, something he wasn't supposed to do. And, you know, it was a trafficker and he didn't know it. 
-hmm. And the guy's like, or the person is like, you know, hey, I'll help you get away. Yeah. And then they found themselves in a position. I don't know. But it's a, it's a wild story, though. Two kids. Yeah, that is crazy. And this school not doing anything was like... Oh, man. I mean, what are y'all doing? But, I don't know. Anyway. So, the other day, this is what I was about to say, and I said the story's going to go somewhere, because this guy was... Um, I'm pretty sure he was on meth, but, you know, I ain't drug testing or nothing. <laughs> okay, so, I had taken Billy's Jeep, and um, I wanted gas in it, because I like to leave somebody's vehicle with more gas in it than I borrowed it at. And um, so, I stopped to put gas in it. And so, I'm pumping my gas, and I look over, and, okay, this gas station is on a major road. But it's a rural gas station. So there's nothing around it. There's a lot next to it where people park tractor trailer trailers. Mm -hmm. And then there's a like a single wide, like a beat up, run down single wide that I don't think anybody lives in. On this lot. It's just a dirt lot. And um, then this is a truck stop gas station. Like one where you can park your truck and then yeah. it's got the diesel in the back. But it's not like one where you can take showers and all of that. It's not that big. Okay, so on this dirt lot part where the front of each trailer is facing me, mm -hmm. there are two trailers for an 18-wheeler. So they are parallel to, to each other, and they are parallel to the road that this gas station sits on, right? Okay. But... I can see straight down the center of them because I'm standing lined up with the center of the trailers, okay. like in between them. Yeah. That aisleway or whatever you want to call it. I'm lined up with that so I can see straight through. There is a man and he is over there. And at first I don't notice him, but I glance up while I'm pumping gas and I look and I'm like, what is he doing? And then I realize he is taking a dump. Oh. He is in between these two trailers taking a dump. But everybody at the gas station can see full view. Oh, man. But also, you're squatting down, but these trailers are tall. And you're not by the tire. You're at the front. So anybody going down the road also can see you. <laughs> Basically, everybody can see you. And so, um, I did what, listen, I'm wrong, and I know it, but I was like, nobody's going to believe this. So, I whip out my phone, and I'm going to take a picture, but then when I go to take a picture, I'm like, oh, I don't want it to flash. <laughs> so, I go in and change my settings so that I can take a picture without it flashing, and, um... So I raise up my camera and I pretend like I'm doing a selfie, but uh, I was aiming it at the guy. And all of a sudden, he like snatches up his pants and he stands up and I'm like, oh crap, I'm busted, right? Yeah. And then he starts walking towards me, but he's a, a good ways away. Um, he's probably 50 yards away from me. So, and I'm finishing up at the pump at this point. And so I finished and then I go get, um, 
in the Jeep. And then I'm like, uh, but I'm sitting there because I'm curious. And now he is playing with his self. No. And, he, and he's walking towards me. <laughs> no, sir, we're not doing this today. <laughs> And so I gave up on the picture and I just pulled off because I was like, no, sir. No, no, sir. This is not what we were doing. And he full-fledged had his entire hand in there and it was not, um, it was not secretive what was happening. So we'll just go with that. And his, his, his pants weren't done up exactly either. They were up, but they weren't like zippered and such. Oh. That it wasn't secretive what was happening, and he was walking towards me. I was like, "Oh no, sir, mm -mm. no." <laughs> so I just like, <laughs> so what did he do when you pulled off? Did he? Like he still was walking that way, mm -hmm. so I'm not even sure he saw me. <laughs> in all honesty, he may have just been looking my direction and looking straight through me. Yeah, because, <sighs> but he he definitely was not. Um, think he was high you know it could have been something else going on but i'm pretty sure he was high that's why but i'm like you know this is a country gas station this is not like i know people get high everywhere i know people especially in rural towns probably do more meth than anybody in a, a big city but i don't know it's just not something you would normally see how do you have this much wild stuff happen to you, like, every single week? I don't know. I'll just be out and about. Like, I, I don't never know. have anything like this happen. Like, once in a blue moon, something like this will happen Do to you. Do you pay attention, though? Because I feel like I point stuff out to you sometimes, and you're like, oh, I didn't see it. Probably. <laughs> Probably. And I think you don't pay attention. But I'm somebody that, like, when... Like I'm watching. If if somebody, if I'm in a restaurant and the people next to me are talking loud, I'm listening. Yeah. If somebody, you know, is doing something that is slightly sketchy, I'm going to sit right there in my car and I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it to see what is happening. Hmm. I mean, I guess because I got time. I don't know. <laughs> But I pay attention. If something is going down, I'm paying attention. Yeah. But the guy caught my eye originally because he was squatting down between these trailers and he was like making a motion with his hands. And I was like, what is he doing? And plus I got new glasses so I can see now. You can see. But, but I don't know. And then Zane was like, you know you're wrong because I had uh, that that night, I had gone to take a picture of him, and I was like, hold up, let me turn my um, my flashback on, because I had turned it off so I could take a picture of that guy taking a dump at the gas station, and he's like, you're wrong for that, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, probably, <laughs> probably so, but I feel like it's everywhere now, yeah, I just think maybe you're not paying attention. I, that could be very possible because I do have my hands pretty full. You do, so you know that's what I, I okay, think it is. So I went grocery shopping today um, at uh -huh. Aldi's, and you know, of course, when you go to Aldi, you know, you never remember your bags. 
And I had both babies with me. And I had to get, like, everything under the sun because literally we have zero food. We have zero. Like, I don't even have a bottle of ketchup. I don't have nothing in my fridge anymore. So I, you know, have to get everything. So my buggy was completely full. And, you know, they had to be scanning it so fast. Hey, hold up one second. Huh? Huh? Hold up one second. Okay. Okay. My earbud cut off. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you don't like it when you tape on my thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I'm back. Okay. So you know how they'd be scan? They'd be like scan, and then they fling it across the room into the buggy across the room, and they scan. And then you're like trying. They to- go so fast. They do. It's stressful. It is, and they're you're trying to get trying to get everything up on the thing, yes. and you feel like you're rushed. Oh my god, I get so stressed out. Yes, I get so stressed out, and I've got uh, Lachlan on my chest, and I've got Sawyer in the buggy, and I'm like throwing everything on the conveyor belt, and like there was nobody, nobody in line. And then all of a sudden I get up there and I'm struggling and then the line backs up to like the door. So everybody yes. under the sun is waiting on me. There's no other registers open except this Aldi has a self-checkout. How cool. Uh, but I have way too much stuff to self-checkout in zero bag. So I wasn't about to do that. But I'm trying to do that. And then a lady at the end comes up and she's like, you want some help? And so she like... Grabs the, I put the meat on the very bottom so it didn't like touch my strawberries and all that stuff. And she grabbed yeah. my meat and then she dropped my uh, chicken on the ground. Um, <laughs> and she's like, whoops, you probably don't want me to help then, do you? But I, I got told, oh, you got your hands full, don't you? You got your hands full, don't you? Like 30 times in that store. Uh, yeah. It was crazy. So yeah, I got my hands full. The um, new Aldi they just built on um, in Augusta has self-checkouts, but it is every bit as stressful because if you take two seconds to scan something, it starts yelling, please scan an item, please scan an item, please scan an item. (laughs) And you're like, oh my God, wait. (laughs) And so it is stressful also. It's like we're but not they do have one. We're all <laughs> You're not fast No, I don't like that. It feels so like I don't know. It's usually like, you can you mute ever had them give you your money. Do what? Usually you can mute the self checkouts like at Walmart and stuff. I mute them. Oh, I don't. I don't think you can, but it, I'm going to look then because I didn't know that was a thing. Looking like but the I'm telling you, me and Kayla went in there the other day. Because uh-huh. um, they got several self-checkouts, and one of them is up at the counter at the front of the store where you bag your groceries. Yeah. And so I bought my bags, and um, then she, like, bagged the stuff up while I was scanning it. Mm-hmm. But if you take, like... Because, like, I'm like, let me get all my cheese and my butter and my cold stuff and put it in one bag. Yeah. So, it keeps itself, keeps everything cold. And it's like, please scan an item. Please scan an item. Please scan an item. And I'm like, give me a minute. <laughs> please so I'm stop like, yelling at me. Man, I hate it. 
Uh, it is. I'm like stressful. they definitely modeled it after like an oldies person, yes. but they don't tell you. Um, like scan, but I don't know. I feel like they try to outrun you. Yes, I think it's like a secret <laughs> mission. Makes, yeah, maybe. I, I mean, and maybe it's just like is. I don't know why it feels super stressful. Like, have you ever been like trying to put your money up or your card yes. up? And people are behind you, and all of a sudden, your fingers don't work anymore. Like, you can't work the zipper or the snap. <laughs> it's like panic. Like, I don't know. You're sheer panic for no reason. I'm so glad it's not a trend to use cash right now because, man, I won too many times. I don't use cash anymore. And I have cash. I don't use it because it's stressful. Because, like, Unless I have exact cash and I know like way ahead of time how much it's going to cost exactly yeah. so I can have it out ready. No, I'm not about to be digging through my wallet looking for no coin. Uh-uh, not me, not today. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Nay. it's uh, that was stressful. And then um, the movers came yesterday and delivered all of our stuff. So we finally have a bed to sleep on. Um, but, like, everything is broken. Like, a lot of stuff is broken. Which, luckily, there was insurance on all of it, so most of it can be replaced. But, uh, my great-great-grandmother's china cabinet, the leg is ripped off of it. So I have to get oh, my that. gosh. Yeah, I have to get that repaired. But, yeah, that was the most devastating piece that got broke. They broke a TV and... Uh, each desk has, we have three L-shaped desks, and each of them are very heavily damaged. It was like they just flung stuff in the thing. My chair is missing one single wheel. I didn't even know those wheels could come off, but you know, it's missing one wheel. So we'll eventually find <laughs> that maybe, or I'll get a new chair. I didn't really love this chair anyway, so I'm about to get a comfy chair. I'm getting a brand new TV. I'm getting all kinds of stuff. How how did they break it? Oh, did they not wrap anything or everything was in boxes? But but the way they packed it, it just doesn't make sense. They put like they put all this stuff in there, and then they put paper on top of it. So like they didn't wrap each individual piece. They just put the paper in there. So and like some of the boxes have like two things in it and like a whole stack of paper, and then some of the boxes have like. A million things in it and like one piece of paper. It doesn't make sense. No. But the the TV was um, in a box. It was supposed to be crated. And then the people that were crating left before it got crated. Um, but it's got a big old like hole in the top of it. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's uh, it, we've, we've just been finding stuff left and right that's broken. And the. Like how do you put a hole in a TV? I I don't know. You got to, like, use a hammer or something. You just had to flung that. Probably the leg of the china cabinet. Uh, I think the the china cabinet, they must have, um, like, pulled it across the floor. Because it's a very antique piece. It's a very yeah. old piece. It's a very fragile piece. And the legs, I don't, they're not sturdy. So I think they just, they, it's a heavy cabinet, so I'm thinking they just drug it across 
to put it in, and then they were like, oh, oh, well. And they taped the leg. So they knew they broke the leg. So they taped it. Yeah, and then the guy came in today, or yesterday, and he was like, um... So, was this broken before? And I was like, oh, no, it was not broken before. He's like, yeah, I can tell because it, it it was taped and stuff. Like, they tried to, like, secure it or something and hide it. And I was like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Yeah, that's, you know, accidents happen. Stuff gets broken. Just but tell I mean, me about it. man up and be like, hey. You know, we broke your great granny's china cabinet. Yeah, like okay, it can be. It can probably be fixed. If not, it can be uh, like refurbished, or somebody can like fix it somewhere. Yeah. But like, they broke a few things, but that I noticed before we left. So they broke a solid brass rocking horse figurine. They broke the tail off of it. Like, how do you break a solid brass piece? But they didn't tell me yes. about it. They just hid it. They, like, kicked the tail underneath a, you know, underneath a table or something. And there was something Did else. Did you get moved by a kindergarten class or? Yeah, and there was something else that they broke and they just, like, uh, they just hid it under something else. Like, just tell me about it. Like, I have kids. I know things get broken. Stuff happens. I'm fully expecting some of my stuff to be broken because I hired movers. It, it's right. what happens. I, I expect it. But, like, for you to hide it? No. I'm claiming every little piece. Everything. Um, there's, uh... Actually, I think I got it at Aldi or Walmart. It was these two blue miniature, um, like, lawn chair things for the kids. Um, yeah. I got those, and they were probably, like, $6 a piece. Broke, both of them are broken. I'm claiming that. I'm claiming it. I don't blame you. I'm claiming everything. You know, they had come and said, hey, you know, also if it wasn't so much stuff. And the brass horse thing, that's like, how did you break that on accident? Like, yeah, there's the, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not sure. Like I tell my uh, my kids all the time, listen, there's an accident where something slips out of your hand mm-hmm. and falls. And then there's an accident where you're doing something stupid and you broke my shit. Yeah. And you know, that, that little brass rocking horse wasn't a major deal to me. I didn't really care about yeah. it that much. It was just a piece that I had collected from like uh, like an estate sale or something to use right. at a wedding. But for yeah. you to hide it, that's that's when it becomes a problem for me. So I'm claiming yeah, it. I'm crazy. claiming every little piece that got broken. <laughs> yeah. But uh, other than that, I have a bed now, so I'm not sleeping on the floor anymore. My dogs are so that's happy good. with the amount of space that they have. My uh, toddler loves running in and out. You can hear him right now. And he loves climbing up and down the stairs. Um, but yeah, it's been, uh, excellent. Well, I am, uh, happy for y'all and your house is beautiful. Thank you. I can't wait for you to come see it in person. And then just let me know when you're ready. Yeah. Um, I want to get the spare bed fixed before y'all come. That way y'all have somewhere to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, I can't, um, you know, I'm a good three, four weeks out from being able to go anywhere anyway. Yeah. 
Well, but we should probably let these people go because um, it is we're a little over time. All right. All right. Well, if you want to rate or review us, you can do so. Um, I think you can do that places that you listen to your podcast. So, like, Spotify and stuff. And what do you listen to your podcast on? Google Podcast? No. Um, podcast Addict. Podcast Addict. I'm sure they have a rate and review kind of thing. So, go ahead and do that for us. Um, we have a Facebook page and a discussion group. Oh, hey, Teresa. How you doing? That's, uh, who is Teresa to you? Biggs. Your aunt? Your great aunt? What you talking about? Noah's here. I'm sorry. Noah's in the room with me. Okay. Oh. Uh, it's her. Okay, it's Kevin's aunt, so that would be your great aunt. Anyways, hey, Teresa. She joined oh, the she Facebook listening? group. Oh, yay. Hi, Teresa. Yeah. Um. But, yeah, other than that, we will see y'all back here next week. Who are we sharing with? Uh, Share us with your favorite aunt. Your favorite aunt. All right. Bye. Bye.